Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to the Everton Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue Channel. It is this week's View from the Gladys Street and we are here to discuss, debate and analyse Everton's performance against Brighton with a few other topics on the agenda for the rest of the show. I'm your host as always, Ian Kroll, and this week I'm joined by Graham Callahan and Rob Astle. You alright lads? Evening mate. Last time we both had uh, both had you on, there was a bit of a fiery one, if I can remember. Uh, expecting a few Pro- fireworks. Probably fell out over Schneiderlin. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> you all good anyway, Rob, yeah? Yeah, good time, mate. Graham, you all good? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, just want to point out that after the FA Cup derby defeat, Graham texted me saying that he was never going to Goodison again and he was <laughs> never, ever coming on the podcast again. A couple of days later, he texted me to say he was going to Brighton game and that he would like to come on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? What changed Fifth your mind? football fan. Do you know what? The, the thing that's kept me clinging on to any sort of hope after that derby was it's Ancelotti. Yeah. Got to give him a chance, haven't you? I think if Silva was still there, I, um, I might have meant what I said a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, the Brighton win then, Graham, wasn't pretty by any means, but a win is a win. How do you assess? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a clean sheet. It's a, it's a victory. Um you look at Ancelotti's start with the with the debacle at Anfield aside. I mean, I've said it time and time again, I want us to win the games that was supposed to win. For me, that's a game we're supposed to win. Like you've said, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't the best performance in the world. But, you know, we've come out with three points and we've kept a clean sheet. Um, you know, if Calvert-Lewin puts a couple of his chances away, it looks it looks more comfortable, doesn't it? Um, there's work to do, don't get me wrong. There's work to do. Um, but he's got time to do it. He's only just started. Um, so I, I'm happy. I'm happy to, that, you know, three points in it. Rob, after everything that's happened over the past week, because let's face it, it's been a horrendous week. How important was it that we, it, like even a draw wouldn't have been good enough or that we had to win that game? Yeah, the longer that game went on without a goal, I think it probably could have, would have got worse and worse and worse, and more, more and more toxic. Um, but, you know, we scored. I thought the Charleston's goal was absolutely great. You know, from start to finish, the build-up too, it was great. The finish was was really good as well. Um, and then, you know, just kind of adding on to what Graham said there, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I think Ancelotti knows that as well. He's working with what he's got at the minute, isn't he? At the end of the day, he's working with a squad of four managers worth of players, isn't mm-hmm. it? Give or take. You know, and I'm sure he wants to put his own stamp on that. And he's had, this is probably his like third full week in it as Everton manager. It feels like he's been manager for about six months. Mm. But, He's got time to work with them now, Monday through to Friday, and implement what he wants to wants to do moving forward. No, so yeah, it wasn't perfect, but got there in the end. I mean, people had a moan about the starting lineup on Twitter. Like, I don't know if you, if you saw it. They were suggesting that you know the likes of Sigerson shouldn't be captain. You know, why is he playing there or there? But you know, he's limited. He's very limited to to what he can do, isn't he? I think Sigerson's getting a lot of flack, um, and I think a little bit of it. Is, is unwarranted. I think he, he's a solid 
solid pro. He retains the ball well. You know, I think Ancelotti clearly trusts him, and he trusts him for a reason. Um, it's not his bag playing in that olden role. Um, but I think the thing with Gilfie is he needs legs around him. He's never been mobile, even when he was younger. He was never that type of player. Um, he's not your dynamic box-to-box midfielder. You know, he's a, historically, he's always played in the number 10 role, hasn't he, really? Um, so, I, you know, I can see why Ancelotti puts him in there, like I say. He recycles the ball well. He, he, get, he puts himself about as much as he can. Um, he's experienced. I think people are being a little bit harsh on Gilfie myself. I think I'd I'd be doing what Ancelotti's doing. He needs people that he can trust. He needs people who've been there and done it. Gilfie's one of them. But do they want Tom Davis and Beningami in the middle of the park? You know what I mean? As much as they've got legs, you know, you need that. You need that old steady head in there sometimes, don't you? You know what I mean? And I'd rather it be Sigurdsson and Schneiderlin at the moment. So, no, I I I was happy with the lineup. I was happy with the lineup. I think he made changes from from Anfield. You know why those plays have been dropped? Was it the performance? Was it you know? the talk that's come after the game, you know, we'll probably never know, but he did make changes. I think he had to make changes and the lineup was was fine for me and proved so with the result, didn't it? Do you think the three that were dropped were the ones who were... Reading between the lines, yeah. Like I said, I don't think we're ever going to know the whole story, are we? But reading between the lines, I think, yes, it probably was. The only one I'll probably disagree with there is Mina. I think he's probably wanted to have a look at his other centre-halves, but I think the other two, Schneiderlin and... Um, who's the other one? Coleman. Yeah. yeah, Coleman. I think yeah, they're probably reading between the lines. They're the ones who. But even Coleman went off before it kind of fell apart in the derby, didn't he? He went off, yeah. and then Sadivi mm. was the one right back. I mean, do you agree with Graham there, Rob, on on Sigurdsson? Because you know, last week he, he took a lot of criticism in the podcast. You know, he was one of three Walcotts, Sigurdsson, and Snydlin mm. who, who took a lot of criticism for the performance. You know, and and the effort that they, that they put in. You know. He, he is probably being played out of position at the moment as a definitely a, a holding midfielder. Um, do you agree with what what Graham said there? Yeah, t- yeah, two points. I think uh, he is playing out of position, and it, and it, and it is a, it is unfair on him because he, you know, he. Me, if Gomez or Gabamon are fit, he ain't playing there, is he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah, he's not he's not going to play there, is he? For me, he should be a little bit further up the pitch. But at the minute, you know, like we've just said, Ancelotti's options are so so limited that it's. At times, it's going to be square pegs round holes, and my frustration, and I think what every other Everton fans' frustration is with Gilfie Sigurdsson is we've spent forty-five million pounds on a player, and you'd expect more, regardless of whether he's in position or out of position, and we're not getting that. And one thing what frustrated me at the weekend, and, and Tom Davis was guilty of this as well, it's this playing out from the back. He's, I noticed that a few times, especially in the first half, the ball Pickford plays the ball out to the centre half, and then. To play off in the back, you need you need an option off one of your midfield, your central midfielders. And like I said, it's not just Sigurdsson this. And Sigurdsson and Tom Davis were almost like, they were marking, getting themselves marked so no one had passed them. And therefore the ball's just going backwards and forwards across the back four. So they're not making themselves available. But otherwise, you know, for 60, 70 minutes, I thought they did all right. You know, is he for, guilty of being, and this is to Graham as well, to, to both of you, is, is Sigurdsson being guilty of being too conservative then? Because the ball does get played across the back a lot, yeah, more uh, than yeah, we probably uh, wants as a fan base. I'd say so, I think he is. But if, you, if we're playing off on the back, if we're ordered to play off on the back, you need off on your midfielders, and I don't think they're getting that, that the back four is getting that, and Pickford as no, well. No, I'd probably agree, like, you want that Gareth Barry type yeah, player, don't that's you? that's exactly to come the type in and take the ball off them, but Gilfie... 
he's capable of doing that, but it's not as bad. If you if you if, if you've played a certain role for for twelve years mm. of your career, to then be asked to do something else, it's gonna take time, isn't it? I think mm. I agree mm. with Rob on. I'd be more. I was more disappointed with Sigurdsson under the Silver regime when he was getting his chance in, at num- in the number ten, 10 spot. Yeah. And you want, like he said, you want goals and you want assists for forty five million quid. I want him to score ten goals a season and I want him to be pulling the strings. You know what I mean? Mm. I was more disappointed then. I think. <sighs> He just he's not mobile enough and, and those lads at Anfield ran rings round round both of them, Schneiderlin and Sigurdsson in the middle of the park, but he's never been that mobile, dynamic, hustle bustle midfield player. So I'm not slagging Ancelotti at all, but I think we he's got a little bit got. wrong there because because we were limited and I think that's why, you know, between the two boxes, second half especially at Anfield, we got we got run ragged a little bit because those lads are just they had boundless energy, didn't they? they, they I think did they play a five in the in the middle of the mm. park and Schneider and Sigurdsson struggled. But I would still say, and everyone's going to shoot me down in flames, that in his own right, Gilfie Sigurdsson's a good player. He's just yeah, doing he a is. job that he can't really do. Do you see his, well, even short-term future away from the club then? Do you think Angelotti will stick with him? Or do you think it'll be, obviously, if we've got the money to replace? I think I think if he's got a future at the club, it's going to be in that deeper lying role. So I think he's going to have to prove himself in that role. I think going forward, Iwobi's going to be your number 10 or Bernard is going to be your number 10. Um, and like I said, I was, I was, I was cr- critical of Sigurdsson in the number 10 role when Silva was there. So if he's not doing it in, in that role, then you've got to look at someone else. Um, That's if we play the number 10 role because under Angelotti, well, it's yeah. always been a three... At the back or five at the back or yeah. a four four two. The, yeah. the number ten role has been non-existent. Yeah, I think Sigurdsson did uh, not Sigurdsson. Bernard did a little bit through the middle, didn't he? On mm. on Saturday, I thought Bernard um, had a bit more of a free role. Yeah, yeah. He, he come in off the left, mm. and he was you know he did what he wanted really. And I think Ancelotti has always had that kind of player in his team. Um, but I think he, he, he is gonna he's gonna want to to hold the midfield players for me because if you've got a player with a free role, you have to steady things up in the middle of the park, don't you? If, if you're carrying someone, if you like. Whether Sigurdsson can do that long term, I don't know. I know because I was reading that Ancelotti, Ancelotti was responsible for for making Pirlo the holding midfield player, wasn't he? Pirlo yeah. initially was an attacking midfielder, so yeah. maybe he'll look to do that with Sigurdsson. I don't know, um, but obviously it's not his bag. And, and you know, if, if if funds allow and financial fair play allow, then uh, he, I think he probably might bring someone else in or, or look to Gomez and Gabamo in the fifth. And we just mentioned Bernard there, Rob. I mean, this is one player who I've li- I've said openly that he frustrates the hell mm. out of me because it's quite clear the man has got talent. Yeah. He has been injured, you know, this season. He's picked up, um, you know, annoying injuries, really, like getting injured mm. against City in the... In the, um, in the warm-up. In the warm-up. And then I'm sure there was an, an injury as well a couple of weeks before that. So it probably is a little bit harsh on me, but that's probably the first time I've seen him play like that since West Ham away last season. You remember that? I think I think you've been a little bit unfair on him there because yeah. that was over a year ago. He's played well. I remember he played when we played West Ham um, this year. Um, I couldn't remember if he played in that game or not. He Did scored. He, he scored. The, he? Yeah, he scored the first goal. I thought he was. Shut me up then. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was fantastic. I think everyone and was, and it was in that like, game, really. It was almost like that was like the Bernard that we were used to. Yeah. And then I know I'm right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no. Just checking. Just doing your research. Yeah. But you are right. It, consistency is key with him. What what frustrates the life out of me with Bernard is it, it's he does all the hard work, and then it's either his final ball or he's got an opportunity to shoot and he doesn't, or it, the final ball goes wrong. But it's always the final ball. Yeah, and then 
like on Saturday, he did this turn in a box, and I was just like mesmerized by it. He just that what he turned at Webster, like he wasn't there. Yeah, I remember it. And um, but his ball across the, the face of goal was was crap. Basically, it was, he didn't have a look up, and if he tweaks that into his game, he's gonna be he could be a world beater. I love Bernard. I think he's key to our team. I think I think he's key to the way we attack as well. And like I mentioned, I think on Saturday what what helped them was and what I noticed. I think did he play in the Burnley game on Boxing Day? He did, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he has that like coming in off the left that free roll where he can, he's got license to go and pretty much do what he wants as long as he's as long as from a defensive point of view he's back on that left hand side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's hope he keeps it going. I mean, Graham, it's 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 about end product with footballers, isn't it? I mean, as an example, you, you just look at um, I don't know if you you saw it, but Kevin De Bruyne's pass um, for City on um, on Sunday against Villa. If, if you haven't seen it, I fully recommend you looking at this pass. Box office. He basically runs about. He gets all of the ball, runs for about twenty, thirty meters, I'd say, something like that. Yeah. And then literally just whips this ball in, no mess around, no flicks, no, not even like looking back, not even trying to take anyone one on, just head down straight, knows exactly where he's going and whips it in along the, the floor. It is the best pass I've seen in a long time. Bernard, he kind of like keeps hold of the ball a little bit too long, he tries to do little flicks. I know he's, he's probably a different player to, to Bruno, but we've got to see more of an end product from him, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, certainly for the money that he's on and, and you know, the, the role that... Ancelotti's going to ask him to play it. I think the thing with Bernard is he needs a proper run. Mm. I don't think he's ever had a proper sustained run of games he's in the first been an team. Injury, hasn't um, and then even when he's in, he's on the right, he's on the left. Yeah, yeah. He's, do you know mm. what I mean? I think I do agree with you. I do think we need to see more from him, but I just think he needs a, a proper crack at the whip. Um, I know you're not comparing him to De Bruyne, but I think they're very different players. But yeah. but yeah, I, I would I would want to see more from him. I think it's also difficult as well because. As much as I, as much as I don't want to have a go at him, Calvert Lewin doesn't give you the options that maybe we need up top. Um, I think he's still got a lot to a lot to do, Lewin. For me, he he, he works hard. He, he's a big, strong lad. He puts himself about, but he couldn't finish his dinner. And he's not he's not dynamic enough. He brings something to the team that Everton will need in certain games. But I do think we need a more a more savvy centre forward who's going to make run, different runs off the ball and give players like Bernard an option when they've got their head up. Um, I, and Slotty's saying he's happy with the strikers that we've got. I think we need a centre forward still. I don't think Keane's the answer and I don't think Lewin's the answer. Um, and I think you'd see more from your Sigurdsons and your Bernards and people like that if they had runners off them that you know would make better decisions and and, and more add a bit more house. I think it might come with time with Lewin, who knows, but at the moment... It's more you want Lewin to win headers and hold the ball up, don't you? And have runners off him rather mm. than Lewin making the runs himself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Bernard, I'd like to see more from him, but I think it'll come over time. I, like you said, he's got it. There's no two ways about mm. that. He's got it. It's just a bit of consistency, isn't it? I mean, Calvert Lewin's on the agenda, so we'll <coughs> talk about it there. You were agreement in? Is he? Yeah, do you know, only be enough. And, and the reason I, I agree with it is because I don't know if anyone saw Kevin De Bruyne's post match comments yesterday. He said. I've worked with Aguero and uh, Gabriel Jesus for that long. I know where they're going to be and they know where my mm. passes are going. So whilst we're criticising Bernard's final ball, 
it's also down to the striker as well at times to get yourself in their positions. Yeah. And if, if Bernard's not got that option on, is that why he's taking that extra yeah. touch? Is that why he's... You've got to turn why, away again, haven't you? And keep hold of the ball because there's no way for it to go. So, you know, like I said, hopefully it comes a time. Hopefully as this team develops under Angelotti, he gets his own ideas and, you know, they become a bit more fluid. That that comes. Um He's done a, a really good job, though, hasn't he? No, he has. Since I'm not slagging him. Like I say, left, he, really. he does. He, he brings something to a, the team that we're going to need moving forward. Mm. Don't get me wrong; he's a good option to have. Um, certainly away from home, you know, when it, you know, you need someone to hold the ball up, and you know, you want someone to start the press, and you know, he works hard. He's big. He's strong. He, he's quite pacey as well. I just think it's the uh, it's the things that maybe you can't teach that that striker's instinct in the six yard box and. And those little clever runs that, you know, mm. when he's on the shoulder of the centre-half and, you know, he's stay on side, stay on side, and he's gone. I just think he he's not he's not that kind of player for me. He's your, he's your 10 years ago centre-forward, you know what I mean? Which mm. you're going to need, like I say, from time to time. Impact player. Um, there's still a few knocking about now. I know, like Andy Carroll's and people like that who can make a difference in a game. Um, I just think we need a different type of centre forward um, if you want to see the type of, of football that, that we're all talking about we've been spoiled with Lukaku haven't we I suppose you know we know what, a, to, what it is to have a, a top class centre forward who just bangs them in for fun and obviously we've never ever replaced that and finding that replacement was always going to be difficult and it still is difficult you know I'd, I'd probably say outside the top six if you can name me a striker who'll bag you 25 a season mm-hmm. you, you're going to really struggle so you've got to that's where you you know you, you like to think Marcel Brands comes into it because we haven't got the money to be throwing out money for a Lukaku have we anymore? It's we're, we're not that we're not that flush. So I do agree with Graham. We do think we do need that striker. Is Moise Keane that striker? You'd like to think so, but I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, really, but to not be seen enough of him. I I personally I I was genuinely shocked that he didn't start on Saturday. Mm. I half expected a Charleston coming out, coming in off the right and Moise Keane and Carvalho up top. Because he's not tried Cavaloon and Keane up top, top, has he? He won't try that. It, it seems to be one one for one. Mm. He, has, he, he has played 4-4-2 four, four as well, hasn't he? So, you know, mm. that combination. I, I, I'm i not criticising. Well, I am. I don't I don't think Keane is the answer, no. now that I think about it. Um, I didn't want him in the first place. Um, you know, hopefully Ancelotti can come in and, you know, they've got that, you know, both Italian are the... Does he trust them? Would he put him in there by now? <coughs> You know. Well, Angelotti likes the partnership <coughs> between Richarlison and Dominic Carver-Lewin. Yeah. So we've talked about Dominic Carver-Lewin and there's always a debate about Richarlison's best position or where should he play. Surely there's no debate anymore that he is a striker. Mm. Would you both agree with that? Looking at that goal on yeah, on Saturday, I don't think you can... Yeah, he scores goals when he plays up top, doesn't he? And that's what centre-forwards are supposed to yeah. do, what strikers are supposed to do. I don't... What the, what? Has he ever been asked? What does he say? I don't know. Does does Richarlison want to play up front? I mean, does he play up front for Brazil? Brazil doesn't yeah. He? yeah, he's Brazil number nine, isn't mm. he? So yeah, I, for me, I just don't think he's got the pace and, and skill to be a winger on the left or the right. I no. don't think I've really ever seen him take anyone on. Do you know what he reminds? Like for me, he's our best player. I think he makes things happen. Whether it's you know whether he whether it's with a bit of flair or whether it's just pure you know hard work and things like that. He reminds me. Shoot me down here, right, if you think I'm wrong. But he reminds me of Kale. He's just there at the right time. When you need in him. Terms I mean, impact, it, in terms of impact. In terms of impact, I'm not, I'm not talking style yeah, of player. Style, I'm, not yeah, talking, yeah. I'm not talking about style of player. But in terms of like making things happen. Talisman. And you need, you need a goal scorer. You need someone to, 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 to win you a game. 
he's kind of our man at the minute. Yeah, a bit he's like, who we look to, a bit, a bit like a bit like Kale was. You know, I thought I thought for for ninety minutes on Saturday, he was absolutely outstanding. His work rate was second to none. You know, he he, he backslacked. You know, he helped out the back four, um, and obviously he scored he scored a great goal. And if he can become a little bit more, what's the word? A bit more potent in front of goal. You know. It's, it's getting it's, in them areas though, isn't it's it? Getting, yeah, it's getting him in them areas. But for me, he's that kind of player who just makes things happen. He's the one you look to to think, if there's anyone going to get a goal in, it's, it's just Alisson. He had a hell of a lot to do still. While yeah, got yeah. The ball yeah. That, turn, and that, turn, that turn and finish was... And to put it exactly where he put it as well, that could have easily gone wide if, he, if he'd hacked at it, but it, he didn't. You know, Matt Ryan, was it Matt Ryan that the keeper you know, didn't move? I mean, he clearly likes that partnership, doesn't he? You know, the four-four-two with those two. Do you not think that ultimately it's not going to be a four-four? I don't think it'll be a four-four-two long think it'll term. Be four, four, two. No. So is Richarlison your centre forward moving forward? Is he? Is he that it's obviously, it, it will then depend on the players around him. Hmm. I, I feel. What do you think the, the centre forward that I described earlier on is he? Is Richarlison that centre forward? Is he? Is I think he, he could be. Yeah, I, I, he, I probably I do as be, well yeah. in time with with a bit of coaching. What do you yeah. think it'll be? Like formation wise under Angelotti, because he's he does mix it up a lot, a lot doesn't he? What I've noticed, I mean, this is what I, I he's mean, flexible, isn't he? Yeah. It depends on the opposition. It depends I on think the, yeah. He might revert to a four four two now and then. I think ultimately, it'll probably be similar to what Silva was trying to do with your four four at the back, two older midfielders, three behind, one up front. Um, is that a good thing? <laughs> it's 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 not just about the the formation; it's about the tactics and the strategies mm. go with that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because if you if you go, if you watch that Newcastle game back that we played on today a couple of days after Boxing Day, from an attack point of view, it was almost a four three three, but from a defensive point of view, it was your four four two. So it it it's it, it's not. I don't think we're going to be a team who has like a set formation per each no. game. It, I don't think we're going to adapt. Yeah, I did read that before he came that when we're on the attack and we've got the ball. It is a certain formation, but when we're defending and we haven't got the ball, it does change. To the, a four, the Coleman four, and Sadibi thing, playing Coleman as a centre half when we haven't got the ball, and then letting Coleman join Sadibi on mm. the right hand side when we have got the ball. He, mm. You know, he, he taught them, didn't he? And, he? and he went through that in training, and and it worked. We, you know, we won, we won a couple of games that 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 was utilised. Um, listen, he's he's one of the best managers in the world. You know what I mean? I don't think. I don't think he's one of them that's going to come in and cross his fingers and hope to stumble across something. I think he knows <coughs> exactly what he wants them to do and exactly what they need to do to go out and beat the opposition at the time. And that's what he did And I used to say all the time that Marco Silva was guessing. Marco Silva was open for the best. Do you know what I mean? Nine times out of ten. Don't get me wrong, he's, he obviously knows a bit about football. You don't get to that stage. <laughs> he's not the absolute clown that I, I, I was making him out to be, but... I do think a lot of like a lot of the time he was uh, winging it. He's winging it, yeah. I do. One, sorry, one thing I've noticed, just touching on the tactics still there. Every time we get the ball in the box now, there's at least four Everton players in that box waiting to. So it, Ancelotti's answer is: the more bodies you've got in there, the more chances you've got. To, you've got to score in a goal, and and I've noticed that for every every time we scored under Ancelotti, he's willing to commit the men forward. Under Silver, I don't think it was quite the case. Mm. You had people scared, you had players scared to go past a certain point and things like that. And, you know, in that in that sense though, it's it's about being organised and players filling in when certain players have gone yeah, on the yeah. attack, isn't mm. it? You know, you, you, your full-backs predominantly if you, are really your, your attacking defenders. So when one goes, either the other sits or, you know, a midfielder sits, mm. 
that's that's yeah. how, how I see and it. It's but then I think that, that that's what I'm saying before about Sigerson. He's got the nous to know that if Walcott's gone and the and the ball's gone over the top and Walcott's gone and you know if that play breaks down, he, I'm not saying like he's he's the best defensive midfielder in the world, but Sigerson's someone who I think can look at that game and go right. Walcott's gone. If this breaks down now, I need to I need to be covering on that flank because otherwise it's going to leave. Sidibe or Coleman or whoever it might be on their own and I think that's why I think that's why Ancelotti puts him in that role I think because he's he's a very very intelligent football player he's, he hasn't got bags of pace but I think he's got other qualities you know what I mean and mm. he doesn't give the ball away Um, the odd occasion maybe but he's, he's tidy he's neat he, he, he doesn't give the ball away he, he can get his head up he can take an extra touch I don't think it's the end of the world having someone in the middle of the park like that providing as on Saturday, he's got someone with him who can who can get up and down the park, i.e. a Tom Davies. Um I, sorry, I mentioned this on the last I mentioned this on the last podcast. For me, at the minute, our best central midfielder in that role, getting up and down, breaking play down, putting tackles in, it's Mason Allgate. Stick Mason all stick Mason Allgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. in the centre of that yeah. park. And you've got Ke- you've got Keane and Mina at the back there. He proved it against United and against Arsenal. He's a re- he's really good in that role. Mm. He's got pace. He's good on the ball. And if you've got someone protecting Sigurdsson, you might bring the best out of Sigurdsson there. Mm. I mean, I agree with you last week. Holgate had a great game against United mm. there and there's no reason why... I don't think he's going to do it. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a full... He'd have done it by now, I think. And it's, and if he did, it's not going to be a full-time thing, obviously, because Mason Holgate's a centre-half. But, you know, I'd have no issues if you're trying to get the best out of someone like Sigurdsson, like an, who's an attacking midfielder. Mm. That maybe he's 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 the answer in the short term. I mean, staying with <coughs> Angelotti, then you know, there's a lot of positives that we can we can say about him. But after all that's happened in the past week, he's been the one calm, hasn't he, amongst the chaos, mm-hmm. which is obviously a positive. We got nine points from the past four games. Got beat against the champions. You know, take the Liverpool game aside. It's probably. Do you think it's been the Carlo Angelotti effect? Do you know what? I think we're doing Duncan, Ser- Duncan Ferguson a bit of a disservice. Well, there, right? I just want to say it's the lack of Marco Silver effect. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. You know, I think we're doing Duncan a bit of a disservice there. Yeah. You know, he steadied the ship when things were really, really bad, didn't he? You know, after after um, Marco Silver left and, you know, what did he have? Three games, Ferguson, was it? Three league games? Yeah, we had the cup as well. Yeah, had the cup game, uh, you know, and Chelsea, United, United you know, and, and Arsenal. You know the, the league games. You know we did, we did we did well in, and I think if we hadn't done well in them games, I think we'd be looking at a very different, obviously a very different league table at the minute. And they weren't easy games either. They weren't they weren't your Brighton's, no. they weren't your you know your Newcastle's. They were you know they were Manchester United, they were Chelsea, they were Arsenal, and we come out of it you know unbeaten. Or only the champions have beat us in the league. You know I think we're second in the form the form table at the minute, aren't we? Something like Not that. Not sure. I haven't checked it. Yes. I think I think sorry, I think we're about fifth. Because Watford are up there, Liverpool, City. We're, we're doing yeah, well. We're doing though, well. Yeah. We're doing, but but you know when it it's. But you are right. The Ancelotti effect has, I think, calmed down a lot of fans, haven't he? Because last weekend was horrendous. You know, let's. It was traumatic for everybody involved. But we haven't come out and done our usual crappy soundbites, have we? And said, "Oh, we'll work hard the next game." He's gone in there. He's training. We he, got them in for a week in training, and then. We've produced three points at the end of the day, and if you can keep doing that throughout the season, beating like you say, beating the teams that we're supposed to beat, you know, there's the shot of Europe there. There is, you're knocking on us top six, aren't you? you know, it's all and, of the top six. Yeah, we are I just sixth think, in the form table. Sixth, yeah. like 
Saturday, the patterns of play started to emerge, and um, especially in the first half, we put them under a lot of mm. pressure, didn't we? And you yeah. could see Bernard was busy in the middle of the park, and how many times, I'm saying again, since Silva's gone, I know a lot of people aren't as big as fan, and I know a lot of the time when he does get in behind defenders, his, his final ball and his, his final product is not great, but... How many times have you seen Theo Walcott getting behind that fullback in the last few games? It yeah. happens two, three times a game. He should have had a penalty on Saturday, hands down. That's playing to Theo Walcott's strengths. Theo Walcott wants, wants to play that way. He wants to play face and goal, doesn't he? He wants to be getting in behind his fullback and, and looking for a play in the box or scoring a goal himself. I think there's, there's a system starting to emerge and it's almost... It's happened within a few games now, hasn't it? Marco Silva had 50 of them and I still couldn't find out or work out what it was he was trying to do. I think Bernard's going to be Ancelotti's mainstay in the middle. He's going to have a free roll, like Rob said. Um, he's, he's going to use pace out wide with your Richarlison or your Walcott, but he's going to use it in a way that it's effective. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's not slow. It's not... We're a little bit more direct. There's a little bit more enthusiasm. Like, he, he, he knows what he's doing. Ancelotti knows what he's doing and I think that's why... As much as I say they're not bad players, they're not. He's getting a group of slightly better than average players who, who, yeah, who, who, you know, we don't have players in the right positions and stuff at the moment. We don't have a a nice squad of of players, two for each position, who who are challenging each other for places and stuff. But he's getting results out of them, isn't he? And they all say the sign of a good team is when they don't play that well and they still win games. Mm. He's doing that already. Mm. You've got to be positive, aren't you? And the other thing, that's one end of the pitch, but... We're hard to beat now. That back four. Don't concede a lot of goals, don't con- do we? Not con- I'm, I'm, I'm not Burnley even, like, 1-0, Brighton 1-0. We're not even conceding chances, really. You know, like, you know, we're not being peppered. You know, our goal's not being peppered, is it? People were going on on Saturday after the game. I noticed quite a fair bit on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, you know, we were under the cosh. Were we? Wasn't that I think bad? for like Wasn't... 15 minutes in the second half, they had like three chances in quick succession, didn't they? But, but I wouldn't say we were like... I, I never I never sat there thinking it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I never... Yeah. You know, we were in, we were in, I thought we were in control of the game, and I thought his subs made. Thought his, I thought Ancelotti realised that middle of the park's goosed. So I'll change it round now, and he did, and he brought Mina on to deal with Glenn Murray, didn't he? And you know, it's gone and worked. They, I, I don't think we're we're in control of football matches now. When we went, this is going back to the Newcastle game. Go to we went two one up, and they barely had a sniff Newcastle after it. Hmm. They got to be fair. Newcastle's goal was pure. You know, it was a good knockdown from Andy Carroll, but it was a, it was a, it was a snapshot, wasn't it? it wasn't like a, you know, you know, oh, no, no one, no one cut. Did, we're not being cut open anymore. Hmm. I mean, that was my next point. Like we were in control <coughs> for seventeen minutes, and then it did feel like we gave Brighton a foothold in the game. Like what you said, we didn't concede that many chances, but they did at the bar, Brighton didn't they? And pick for that to pull off a. What a I mean, save. what I'm trying, to, what I'm trying to say that is that we weren't. It wasn't like that seat, that old siege mentality that an Everton team would normally get yeah, themselves corner under. after corner. It wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. Lumped into the box where you think we're gonna, we're, we're gonna concede. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't panicking throughout that game. The only panic I had was when um, Glenn Murray right at the end, he he sort of like he didn't get enough of a foot on it, yeah, and it was just went just right. Even that save from Pickford, don't be wrong, it was a cracking save, but, but I it was a save you'd expect. Them it was to a save you'd expect to me. It, it was at his near post. You'd, you'd, you'd expect them to get that. And I think, I think saying was it Trossard with the crossbar? Yeah. I yeah. think he's done well there. He's beat his man and he's got a shot off from twenty yards, hasn't he? Mm. 
to, to say we've conceded the chance there is, I think that's a bit harsh. I think if that had gone in, you go, bloody hell, what a goal. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Be fuming though. Yeah, well, you would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd have probably left and said, I'm never going to game again, like I always <laughs> do. But I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think we were under the cautious people have kind of made out we were. It, it, it was a lot more comfortable. And I, and I think, I don't think the crowd helped as well. You know, whatever, you know, what goes in life. I think one thing that concerns me slightly is I think they look tired. Yeah. And I think that last 20 minutes when Brighton sort of, like you say, got a little bit of a foothold in the game, we looked leggy. We looked mm. we looked knackered, to be fair. Um, but that's, in fairness as well, that's coming off, what was it, something like six games in 10 days or mm. you know, something, I mean, I'm not saying that was it, but something silly like that. Mm. So, you know, Virtually with the same players. Yeah. The same players. We've Certainly not had, the same front two. Yeah, you know, we've not had a chance to... to, to Sidibi's played them all as well, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. we've not had a chance to, like, rotate like other teams have and things, and, you know, and it's bound to take its toll. And as well, just that... I noticed after the Chelsea game when Ferguson managed, we were absolutely gassed after that. Mm. Does that just show a lack of fitness in general under under Silva? You know, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. Well, we shouldn't have any problems with that over the next couple of weeks because no. we've barely got any games. It's just the league yeah. to concentrate on now, isn't yeah. it? And, and, Unfortunately. And, and the games that Graham always says, you know, did the teams, we should be, you know, getting points. You'd, you'd think we should win. We think we should win. And, you know, if we, if we come out of them with, with some, you know, Let's say out the next three games, you come out with another nine points. You know, you you're fighting fifth, fifth and sixth there, which is still well, well up for grabs. How many times have we said that this season? I know. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I know. Yeah, don't, I'm not yeah. getting carried away. Like I think, mm. you know, West Ham away is not not an easy one, is it? I think. I, I honestly, I'd take to win I'd take a point fair. now. Like if you ask me, mm. Newcastle home is a different proposition. I think that's one that we should be going out and winning. Um, I'm not getting carried away. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I think the thing is as well. Everyone's slipping off, aren't they? So, mm. you know, are we going to go on a run? Albeit against teams you probably would maybe expect to pick points up. You know, you've got the likes of West Ham, you've got Newcastle, I think Watford as well, isn't it? Crystal Palace in there. We're not going to get, probably not going to get no. full points from all no. that, are we? Let's, let's be realistic about it. But I still think that we we will get more than, than, than not. You know what I mean? Yeah. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I mean, was there any, I'm not criticising or questioning Carlo Angelotti or anything whatsoever, but was there any um, concern about the subs uh, that contributed to, you know, Brighton getting back into the game? For me, no. Because I, know, I, I think, like, discussed it with people after the game and there was a lot of varying opinions, to be honest. I thought the Bernard one made sense as much as he was, he was my man of the match, Bernard, but... The game was going a different way. We had our goal. Um, you know, the way things have been going lately, we had to win that game, didn't we? And I think Ancelotti at the, at the moment, sitting on the bench thinking, rather than putting someone on and going and scoring another one, I think he's almost forced into having to think, well, we're winning the game. And if it's days like this, we've won the game. Mm. So let's not concede mm. the goal. And I think he had to put someone on in the middle who could mix it and who could get get involved and... Bernard's not going to do that. He's, you know, he's a diminutive little creative, offensive player, isn't he? Um, I'm not a huge fan of Fabian Delph, but he offers you that, doesn't he? He offers you that tenacity and, you know, a little bit of grit and nous in the middle of the park. Um, and I thought we needed that, the way the game was going and the way the game was panning out. Possibly it did allow um, Brighton a little bit more possession because we couldn't keep hold of the ball as well as we had been. Um, but I just felt like we needed those legs in midfield. Um, 
the other two were pretty straightforward, weren't they? The, the meaner one was because yeah. Glenn Murray had come on and was causing us problems physically. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite to you. I think yeah. Bernard, unless he was tired and fair enough, I just thought he, our outlet was completely gone then. And Richarlison's on Especially Walcott came off as well, didn't yeah, he? And he's, he's, he's yeah, your outlet on the flank it was, he, with his legs. Yeah, it was a matter of shutting up shop and you know, closing the midfield down with players you can keep hold of the ball and pick out a pass. But... It just I felt it gave Brighton the impetus. Yeah. In my opinion. My I just I looked at their team as well, though, and some their two central midfield players and their two centre halves. Absolutely. Oh huge. my god. They're absolute yeah. monsters, aren't they? I think that's that's the way I looked at it. And when he did it, I thought I can half see why he's done that, yeah. Definitely being a mean and almost the right decision. Yeah, yeah. And I think because at first when 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 all the subs were made, because we made that subs quite quickly, didn't we? Like one after the other in terms mm. of like in terms of time. And I was like, what freaking formation are we playing here? And then as soon as I realised what, what he'd done, he'd realised the centre of the park was was starting to look leggy. So we've got two options there. He can either change an attacker to give us more pace up front, or he solidifies what he's got. Mm. And that's what he did. He just thought, I'll just go with what I've got here, because if I keep that middle of the park open as it is, they can cut right through us, and you don't, you don't know what's going to happen there. No, they they they, they were quite <coughs> brave, I thought. They, the two centre-halves pushed quite high up the park, didn't they? And they were playing on mm. the halfway line almost. It was getting very congested in the middle of the park. I don't think Bernard was having the influence that he was that he maybe had in the first hour or so. Um, and I, th- I, I, can't, I understand and I can see why he's done it, and... We can't really argue with them, can we? Because we got three we won the game. game. We won the game. So, yeah. Absolutely won the mm-hmm. game. And I think I think I mentioned it, whether it was on here, but to people, you're just going to see um, Everton win by the odd goal. Mm. It's not going to be, you know, they might you might get the odd game where we run riot and it's four one five nil or something like yeah. that. But Carl Androssi clearly acknowledges that we haven't got the quality, mm. as you suggest. Well, you've always said there, Cavalier probably should have scored the where he's running yeah. through. So we, you know, two nil there. That's that's a great result, but. Mm. It is getting down to the closing stages of the game. See the game out. Make sure we don't mm. don't succeed and and stay tight. And, and how good the quality is that to have as a team? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, we, and by doing that, it breeds confidence that you can yeah. do it week in week out. So exactly. It's almost like it's like, the it's like it's like good old fashioned like Italian footy, isn't it? Like seeing that one yeah. what that one nil out and keeping a calm, and which is what it was. I mean, we were all at the game on um, on Saturday. So tell me if you didn't, or tell me if you did, but. Fabian Delph got a couple of boos when he when he came on. What what did you what did you I, make of that? I'll be honest, I couldn't care less. Is he's it, is it a good, it's not a good thing, though, is it? On the pitch when you one nil up, fifteen minutes to go, and you, you're bringing a player on to, to not win you the I game, but see the game. I out. understand how it can affect how it can affect what's going on on the pitch, but I don't think Delph did himself any favours. Earlier in the week, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, they're not and defending at the, him. And at the weekend, to it, it's funny because it, like I don't really feel like Delph's one of us. In a way, it's like mm. it's like come on, mate, you've come here for nine million quid and you've been sat out injured for God knows how long, and don't come here shouting your mouth off thinking you know it all because you don't. Mm. At the end of the day, I, I couldn't really care less if I'm being honest. What about the booze? It's it it's a fan's entitlement for me. If you want to. I pay, I pay to watch that team and support that team. So I'll almost treat you how I want to treat you, and they can treat us with bad performances. It's, it's, it's a cycle, isn't it? Mm. At the end of the day, so um, it it didn't bother me at the time, and it still doesn't really bother me. And and yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, it didn't clearly affect his mindset or no. look like it didn't or results or whatever. So I just you know it was silly, wasn't he? You know, getting in touch with that guy, <coughs> that lad on Instagram, like just just don't do it. You know. <coughs> 
quite clearly. People can <coughs> screenshot phones these days. Don't don't mm. be an idiot. If you um, if you read, I think it was was it after the match or on the Sunday, um, there was an article where Ancelotti had, uh, Holgate had done the um, like done done an article talking about what Ancelotti had said during the week, and he said just forget about the background noise at the minute. And obviously Delft didn't follow that. The rest of the team managed to and got their heads down and come out and ground out the result. But obviously one player didn't and, and let it get to him. And like I said, I just don't really think he's one of us. And I don't think he was... I know you disagree with me on this. You think he was there to the place. It's just a guy. Mm. I don't think... I think he was there to play a bit part role. But obviously injuries to Gomez, Gabam, and, and, and have put him more in the forefront. And obviously... I don't think he's complete. When was the last time he completed ninety minutes for us? I don't know. But you know, it, it, it's rare that it happens for Delft, isn't it? You know, I don't. So he's not really like he's not done well to endear himself to us, has he? So it's an emotive game, isn't it? Football, you yeah. Know? And I, I think, especially when it's your team, it's very, very difficult to look at something objectively and not have emotion and feeling involved. Um, like Rob said, supporters have got the right to. To, to voice their opinion and, and sometimes that's the only way that you can get your message across isn't it mm. ultimately it's a futile exercise it or gets us nowhere the training yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't boo him I wouldn't I wouldn't boo an Everton player um, it doesn't do any good um, and I only ever want to see Everton do well but I do understand why some fans will have done it um, like you said he, on, a, on a positive note it didn't affect his performance and I think Professional, he got his head down and he come on and he, he did what he could to see us see us through. Um, I don't think he was ever brought to be for for 80, 90, 100 grand a week. Um, a Premier League title winner. I don't think he was ever he's ever signed for the club thinking that he's going to be a bit part player or a squad player. I think if he's fit, he's going to want to start. Um, I had my doubts when we signed him. Didn't want him either. <laughs> um, but he's here now, so let's let's get behind them all. Booing them. Booing them stupid. And and you know what? <laughs> Sounded like David Brent then, didn't you? <laughs> You're here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won't remember. Um, in a roundabout kind of way, the fact that he's got involved, does that not show that it's hurt him? And yeah. that, you know, he's a, he's got pride and he's a footballer and he's sticking up for himself, isn't he? If someone tells you you're rubbish at your job and you don't think you are, then you are you just going to take that? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, he should have been a bit more professional about it and there was... You know, maybe other ways. You know, you look at you'd look at Delph as a sort of club captain type person, wouldn't you? Who, you know, an older player who's got a lot of experience, who's going to you know be a positive role model for the younger players. And he's made a mistake, but I'd rather him. I'd rather him look upset about it and be angry about it and, and say that he's. They're not care. Yeah, then then be then yeah, not not be bothered. All right. Well, we'll finish off then on um, a passing comment that you've made. I think it was Ukraine, but the VAR decision not to award the uh, Walcott a penalty. Rob, was it a penalty in your opinion? Stonewall pen. I, 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 I'm shocked, right, that the referee <coughs> didn't give it hmm. initially. Ne- never mind going to VAR, never mind that. You know, what's he not seen there that thought? Walcott's 3 1 goal and he's being pulled back, and Walcott's being honest and stayed on his feet, but he's denied him a clear goal scoring opportunity. And that's all it is to it. And the fact that Charlie Nicholas, Charlie Nicholas on Sky Sports, who never backs Everton right, said even backed us on this and said VAR have done that, have, have t- overturned. Uh, sorry, have not given that to protect the referee, and they have. Hmm. It's we mentioned that after the game, didn't we? VAR, it's it, it's a 
it's a tool. And there's divvies using the tool at the minute, basically. It's tools using the tool, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it's tools, you, yeah. Yeah, because really, yeah. you know, in, in theory, in principle, you know, the decision is not awarded to give a penalty by the ref. It goes to the VAR. Yeah. That should be to given, over, yeah. shouldn't it? I've, so it I've not heard anybody say that it wasn't a penalty. Dem, Dem, Even Danny Murphy, who's, yeah. who's a Just the two bread. people that mattered. Yeah. yeah just, <laughs> I, 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 I'd love to, well... You'll never get the opportunity, no one ever will, but I would love to know the reason why they think that's not a penalty. Dan McCallagher even said this morning, he, he's, he's, you know, he's he's an ex-professional, he said that's a penalty, but it's Michael Oliver and, and whoever the guy was on Saturday who said it wasn't, I can't remember who he was. Oliver was the video assistant. The, the, yeah, the VAR, you know. And, 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 but, but earlier on in the season, it was all over Twitter after, after, after the game, Mo Salah against Arsenal earlier on in the season, Exactly the same kind of foul. Salah doesn't go down as well. That's why I love Twitter because people just get comparisons. Yeah, he away. stays on his feet. Salah stays on his feet, and a penalty is given because the David, Chelsea game on it. The Arsenal game. Oh, David, was a, sorry, David, yeah, David, 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 David Louise pulls his shirt. What's the difference? Where's the consistency? And it's this a penalty is all day long, it, isn't it? And and like you say, the fact that he stayed on his feet and he's you know he's not sort of cheated in inverted commas and he's not gone down easily. Being punished. Yeah, surely like. Mm. It's a foul. It's a foul whether he he's he's got a shot off or not. It's a foul. Didn't didn't. And I hate to bring it back to Liverpool because it looks like I'm being biased. But didn't Stephen Gerrard get a penalty once because someone tried to foul him, but didn't actually foul him. But the intent to foul him was there, was there. against Sheffield Probably, United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, yeah, I remember that. It's a foul, mate. It's a it's a penalty. End of. I, I, I do not understand, especially getting a second look at it. Like we were sat there with the VAR check, and honest to God, I was I was sat there thinking. It's a penalty. We are going to get a penalty. That there is no way on God's green earth that anyone can say that isn't a penalty. And it, it's a card. It's, it's no not. Penalty. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you said off air as well that well, we've said he's been punished, but players like that for staying on the feet should be re- rewarded Absolutely. with the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's like it, fair play. You've tried to be honest. You know what I mean. But he was still fouled. But that just shows that opposition defenders or any yeah. any defenders are going to take doing the chances. That. Yeah. yeah, let's see what happens because because mm. he got away with it. Was it dunk? It was loose dunk? Wasn't yeah. it? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, luckily it didn't affect the result. But can you imagine if it had? Mm. Which in the last game against Brighton away, mm. yeah, you know VAR, you know a penalty was given for much much less than that as well. Don't forget that one on Michael Keane. I, I, I was like Theo Walcott gets turned 180 degrees away, like with, oh, with yeah. the tug of a shirt. I was amazed he could sort his feet out and get back to, to get a shot yeah, off. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he has tried to be honest and he's done really well, but mm. it's still a foul. It's a foul all day. Sticking sticking with VAR as well. I mean, it was rightly disallowed, but I don't think Calvert-Lewin's warranted the booking for him either. <laughs> that was crazy. Just, it didn't, I don't think it warranted. He, he's not. The thing that wound me up is he didn't have to unball it. He, just get anything else on it. Just, just use your knee. Well, well I anything. think he, he's, for me, he's thrown his body at it. Because it's coming at him, and unfortunately, it's hit his hand. But it's not like it's I, not like it's not like a hand of God kind of thing where he's tapped it in or anything. I is don't it? know me. I think I, he's I, moved I, his hand towards the ball. I, I haven't watched it back, so is it definitely a handball? It is. It is, it is handball. Yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah, but fair it's not a booking for Carvalho. See, I yeah. proper celebrated. That but he goal didn't as have well. to handball it. Like right, Wally. I thought. I thought. I thought the ball had already crossed the line before Carvalho and put it in. Mm. That that was my. But I thought. It was going to do. We're going to. This one about the lad in front of goal. He just. Uh, it, oh, it's so unfortunate. <laughs> Chelsea still couldn't get it. Exactly. Exactly. And we've seen that before, haven't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's got eight foot of goal to it. He'll somehow hit the goalkeeper. Uh, you know. <laughs> he can, they can coach him, can't they? They can do the best. But 
he had us don't think he's ever going to be your 20 goal a season centre forward mm. looking, at, looking at the way he finishes at the minute even when he scores you go that only <laughs> just went in didn't it you know what I mean um, well West Ham on Saturday so won't talk too much about West Ham because plenty of podcasts um, throughout the week that are going to preview the game but Moyes facing Everton again um, just give us your predictions what you, what you think it'll be West, Everton v West Ham at the, the I, think it, I think it'll be a nil-nil draw and go for nil-nil mm. I don't think we'll win I think they're going to be looking I mean did you watch any of their game on Friday Sheffield United I missed it but you told me to watch the David Moyes celebration oh, which I did get on a pitch dancing <laughs> I did feel a bit sorry for him to be honest but I think the team I think they're going to be a bit riled up off that because I thought West Ham played alright as well West Ham didn't play badly on Friday night I think you know they're going to be looking for you know to bounce back so I think nil-nil I mean, is that, do you reckon their new manager bounces over now straight away? They had that win, didn't they? And now they've lost. Possibly, but I think Moyes will set them up to be very difficult to beat. Um, I like David Moyes. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of him. I think any any David Moyes side is going to be a tough proposition, especially away from home. Um, so You've got reg- good players West Ham as yeah. well. Like, let's not forget. Regardless of the, uh, of, the, of the new manager thing, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. Um, I, I'd agree with Rob on the draw. I think... Yeah, it'll probably a one-one draw maybe, and I and I I'd take that at the moment. To be fair, um, I think we're solid enough under Angelotti not to get beat, but maybe not as fluid enough to win the game. Yeah, we just with, haven't yeah. got that extra little edge. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, you going for a draw? Then? I'll take. I'd, I'd go for a draw. Yeah. What do you reckon? I'd probably say like one-one because I think West Ham will probably score. Mm. Like I don't want to be like one of them. It's a game we're expected to win because it's not really, is it? If it was a home, then I would say. And they, so. all, they always won, don't they? Because we turn them over quite comfortably. They do, but yeah. we played well that game. Yeah, the yeah. one, the one <laughs> performance. Do you remember that? Marco Silva. <laughs> and you know what? And you know what as well? Like, like with West Ham, um, based off Watford's result yesterday. You know, they're still looking over their shoulder, aren't they? Mm. At the end of the day, and you know, mm. he, they could easily end up back in that bottom three. And just every time you look at the lead table after a win, just changes, doesn't it? We're, no, we're, we're like we're so close, but we're still yet so far yeah. from like the top four, five. We're and four six. points behind Sheffield United, aren't we? In mm. sixth, mm. they've got 32. Yeah, all right, then. Well, that's it for this week's view from the Galaxy fan podcast. Graham, thank you for coming on. Rob, Cheers. thank you for coming Always, on. Pal. Much appreciated. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. and Although we do all think it'll be a draw, we will be able to talk about an Everton win over West Ham in London. Thanks for listening to the Royal Blue View from the Gladys Street fan podcast. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.